you know, so you can yeah, get, a, you can do a mix or you can do whatever you want. You know, there's no rules. Yeah. Get it on, get it on the internet for people to not pay you for, you know, that's what, <laughs> yeah. that's what the real end game is. Hey, Devin, how's it going? Hello, how are you? Uh, I'm well, thanks uh, for coming to the Question and the Answers podcast. Thanks for uh, having Devin me. Kay is my guest today. And uh, yeah, we're here to talk about Devin Kay and The Solutions, which is his band that he's been doing now for several years with a new album called Limited Joy, which yes. is out on AF Records. It is. And um, yeah, man, you know, I, I'm, I'm super stoked to have you on here. I managed to catch part of your set at Fest Oh, no shit. Awesome. The paper and plastic um, stage uh, the other oh, year. Oh, yes. That, yeah, it was, that label. It, yeah, it was <laughs> super fun, man. You guys were great. Um, Thanks. Yeah, and uh, I remember a, a, a few of the folks from Tsunami Bomb uh, definitely watched the entire set. I had to leave, but um, oh, yeah. they were really that's the, impressed. That's the nature of the fest. You don't watch any full. You're, you're missing out if you watch a full set at fest. You've, there's too much to see. No, it's true. Yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's a million shows happening at the same time. So, I, But I was super stoked. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. That, that, that's, that was a great show. I miss, I would love to do half of that show right now. To, I, I would do that to nobody right now. I'm so in need of, of shows. But yeah, thank you is my, what I should be saying is thanks for enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. It was a great time. And yeah, man, I, I totally feel what you mean. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> missing shows. I go to a ton of shows every year. And, oh, yeah. It's just you know, like it's, a social thing. It's just like where you go. Where, where do you go when that isn't there anymore? I mean, it's like you work in it and you hang out in it and you live in it. And that's like an entire subset of your society of your life. And then it goes away and it's like, holy shit, it can actually go away. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I know that there's a lot of people now who are very concerned about the state of um, shows going forward. Like once things get quote unquote, back to normal. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're, we're losing venues left and right, unfortunately. Um, I hope that there may be doors that open for people to kind of take over those spaces. Um, I mean, tell me about like what's been going on. I mean, just really briefly before we like talk about things with like the band, have there been a lot of venues in the Chicago area that have unfortunately closed? Uh, I mean, I'm not as tapped into oh, that. Oh, no, no, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I think we lost Crown Liquors, which was a cool one. Um, I, I know that there's been a couple of others that are going and I don't, I don't know where the other ones sit. There's like, it's all like weird situations with ownership. And if you own the building, you probably have a better shot at sticking around if, unless you were, you know, renting or leasing it. It's more like those places will stick around. But like when you come back, what, what do you do? You sell it at 25 capacity. Do ticket prices go to $30 with 25 people in a hundred cap room? Like, the the math doesn't add up for that for that supposed new normal future in my head and that's why i'm just like like I, i'm just like someone who really likes to have a even if the answer is bad i like to have some sort of answer to just deal with it and now it's like i can't fathom one right now aside from the it doesn't happen anymore and that's what's like making me like scratch my did we do everything wrong like focusing i focused a lot on the live music aspect in my life and now it's just like again whoa, I guess that can go away. <laughs> That's something that just, yeah, you were always sitting in a bar that had nobody in it. I'm like, this place will never close, glug, glug, glug. And then right. it closes and then it's like, holy shit. <laughs> That's so very real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, 
I started going to shows back in like the mid nineties and the first venues that I remember going to were these very DIY, you know, mom and pops run clubs. Oh yeah. Um, and it wasn't until years later that I actually ended up going to like a proper club in the city. Cause I, you know, I grew up in like a very small town area in Northern California where we didn't have access to like proper clubs like Slim's yeah. or bottom of the hill or something like that. And you know, until, until years later, when I went to like a proper venue and saw like a bigger band, I was just going to like these DIY shows. And, you know, I, I, I'm hopeful that there may be more of those that pop up, um, which, I mean, I don't know, they, they come with their own set of problems, but they also come yeah. with their own set of like awesomeness. And but yeah, it's a place to play. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. and I think for a long time, like maybe we were spoiled and in that like there was this kind of like, you know, large glut of clubs, you know, kind of popping up, but it also had its own issues where they were only oh, yeah. taking like the bigger you know, bills and you were having to have like these crazy stacked bills in order to get a show and smaller oh, yeah. bands didn't have anywhere to play and like all that stuff. So that all comes with its own ebb and flow. Anyway, yeah. you have like so many venues and then you realize that there's an amazing venue and no, no shows ever happen there because they don't score any of the good things. And then it goes away and it's like, well, I guess we didn't really need all that many. It's like, yeah, venues are very strange. I've never gotten into that business uh, of owning or running one, but it's, it's very, it seems like a very hard thing to do. It seems very uh, challenging <laughs> to, to make money off of something that perpetually seems to get harder to make money off of as time goes on. Absolutely. Uh, music, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, here, let's, uh, let's get back to the, <laughs> hey, the bring point. bring it down of, enough yet? Jesus. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. But uh, I don't know, to, to bring it up a notch, like here, let's, let's talk a little bit about like your new album. So you have this new album called Limit and Joy, which was released Man. when specifically? It was like a month ago? Uh, yeah, I think when I was still measuring time, it was like in August or something. Right. No. Oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'll be back. It always, this, uh, this is always happening. It's fine. Yeah. We're back. There we go. Um, uh, yes, here it is. Uh, Limited Joy came out sometime August. No, it's like two months. What month is it now? November? Two months back from this one. That's nice. It came. Yeah um it was it's uh it's it's really cool i'm really proud of it it's it's the first time that i've gotten one of or my band's record out on a like on a label from start to finish oh okay the, yeah the the record before this one whole story with paper and plastic there it didn't happen uh which i guess isn't a surprise i'm not gonna do that but i, I can <laughs> but also af delivered the whole product and there we are and it's been fantastic so uh i'm very proud that that yeah it's a very weird record. We made it for very little money and I'm very proud of that too. <laughs> so <laughs> that's great. Did now yeah. did you guys make the record kind of during this whole shelter in place or was it prior to that? It was prior. So it happened like immediately after we did the last one. Yes, I can't. We actually took a song off of that record and redid it and put it on Limited Joy because we were like, ah, oh, this could be better. But we we did that one, yes, I can't. Uh we like learned how to record remote with like consumer grade stuff not like studio flashy kind of a sh like a lot of the you can definitely hear it more on yes i can't where it's like we couldn't get we couldn't get into a room to record drums so we triggered drums like you just kind of do what you have to do and so you kind of 
I mean, obviously our drummer is fantastic and writes all these fancy parts and can play them live. It's just, I, I can't afford to get you into a live room. So let's find out what we do next. And then after Yes, I Can't, we learned all that stuff and then learned how to do it better through Limited Joy by adding all the new members and they all had different ways to record. It kind of became this weird, no money was spent tracking. <laughs> so it's like, you definitely have a better creative experience to not sit around and worry about, you know, you buy the thing once and it benefits you for your, I mean, I do music all the time. It's nice to have a little laptop shitty mixer that's quality enough but not over like a couple hundred dollars i don't want i don't like spending money it's like a big problem of mine <laughs> so uh yeah that was that was that's my favorite part i don't even remember the source question i've had so much coffee but uh yes <laughs> <laughs> no uh the, the i mean the main question was just uh, when did it get um made and like you know you're talking about like the process yes. of doing it more like yourself which i mean dude that's a that's a very that's a hard thing to do um, because everyone wants the product to be very good sounding and like sonically pleasing. And like, you know, when you take it to like somebody to mix it and to master it, you know, they're going to want to have as good of a, you know, garbage in garbage out scenarios. They, yeah. I mean, I don't mean to use the term negatively, but uh, I don't take it. You know, Cause I actually, no, I listen to the record. It's very good. I really enjoy it. But um, um you know, yeah, because I mean, somebody who's mixing it or mastering it can only do so much with what you give them. So, yeah. um, like Tsunami Bomb actually just did a uh, a song that's going to be coming out on a compilation, and we oh, went yeah. through that same process where we had to basically track most of it ourselves. We we did manage to get a live drum take uh, at a studio. Um, we did it very cautiously, actually, you know, because yeah. of obviously uh, all of this <laughs> exactly so yeah so um but you know we we felt confident that we could do it in a safe way and it worked it was fine um but we knew that the drums were like really important to get live oh, yeah. if you can and oh, yeah. um we, we were able to but the rest of the pieces we had to do on our own using like laptops and yeah. you know it was certainly a lot different you know in, in that we couldn't get like those real tones or we couldn't get like you know, the vocal track with like a really, really good microphone or something. You yeah. Know? So yeah. there's limitations, but, but it, Hey man, I mean, I think it sounded really great. So well, that is not any of our, well, I mean, it's kind of our doing, but not really. That's all Mike Kennedy, uh, who, if there was any money spent, it went to Mike's giving us a, a discount on mixing. Uh, Mike's Mike Kennedy. He's a uh, guitar player, of the all American rejects. He's mixed or no, he's engineered, and produced every direct hit record since Brainless God. So I've known him for years and he's always helped with our sound. He mixed this and basically I told him the plan and he was like, cool, just send me like every, like send me a reference and then send me everything without a, a like a single tone on it. And I'm just gonna, I'm gonna build your sound a little bit. And he did. <laughs> uh, there's a, there's a, there is like live stuff that we did at a, like a friend, like, sorry, our bassist's house who has like a, a home studio. But it just felt when Mike could tweak stuff to make it sonically more pleasing that it was, uh, it was, you know, that was our doing. Uh, yeah, it, it, that's, that, that's where all the, that's where all the, the beef comes from on this record is from Mike Kennedy's brain of taking a digital file and making it sound real. I mean, it's real. I'm playing it, but it's, it's just, I, I couldn't get in a room with a, with an amplifier kind of a thing. It's, uh, 
yeah, it was a really, it was a really interesting process. It felt very backwards. It felt like, like, you know, when you go into a studio, you sit there and you laboriously slave over the tone, you're turning knobs, you're taping shit, you're taking pictures with your phone, you're standing in front of it, you're going to the back of the room, like a, like a maniac, <laughs> trying to get the right distortion or whatever. And then this time it was like, ah, you know, get into the computer. And then Michael, Michael do all that shit, but also on a computer. So uh, yeah, it was like backwards. It was like the second part came first on this one and then back. Yeah. That's what backwards means. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it feels like going forward, that is going to become part of the norm. Um, oh yeah. Which people uh, record and produce their own, you know, music. And I mean, personally, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Um, you know, some people may take offense to it and say like, oh, well, it's not as authentic or, you know, you're not able to capture it. If you're not able to do it live, <laughs> like why would you do it recording? Um, I personally don't think that that holds a lot of weight because no. <laughs> your vision is really all that matters, you know, specifically when yeah. you're, when you're actually trying to produce a record, you know, doing oh, yeah. it live can and should be separate in, in a lot of ways, you know, because I agree. You know, like, like, I'm, like, what was it? Rage Against the Machine is like that prime example where, you know, they, they made a point on their records to say, like, we did everything, you know, with real instruments, you know, basically as few takes as possible, like all in the same room, you know, yeah. and we, we didn't use like a single uh, synthesizer or like overdub or like any of that stuff. And it's yeah. like, yeah, that's awesome. And it totally works for them, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, it, well, they also kind of did build. it on a real budget. <laughs> well, like, not only that, but you yeah, know, like, like they, what a what an asinine thing to say. Like, we only did it this way. Well, you also had like a ten thousand dollar amp and like probably every great mic for all your sloppy take. I, you know what I mean? It's just that yeah. old mentality like drives me insane. Like, who says it has to be that way? Who the fuck still wants to sound like Pink Floyd and shit? Who gives a crap? Like, <laughs> like it's over. <laughs> Move on. We got computers now. It's fine. Yeah, all your favorite pop songs have i mean all, most of your favorite songs have so much touching up because you can Every, more people are going to hear your recording especially nowadays than will ever see you live uh might as well make it an experience it's yeah. like you read a book and it's written out and it's a certain way or you can tell a story vocally they're going to be slightly different and you know one's gonna they're just gonna be different kind of a thing it's it's very weird to me the hold the hold people who are like, it's got to be a studio, even though this is becoming incredibly non-sustainable. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's a bonkers mentality to me. You should keep flying kind of a thing, you know, opposed to holding on to every dumb old ideal <laughs> of how to make a song. Yeah, it's, I, I think that that's totally true. Um, it, it I, I think that there's, there's still merit to going into the studio. I mean, like you Absolutely. can capture sounds a certain way and like if you oh, can yeah. get like tones that you, maybe you can't get via a oh, plug-in, yeah. but I'm it's getting to the point the now. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not against studios by any means. I just right. think more of the people who fight for it vehemently is just kind of like, sorry, you continue. We're doing that Zoom thing where we have to wait and then, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I think the point's been made though. Um, you know, I agree with you that we, we shouldn't necessarily hold on to these weird, you know, tropes of like, oh, we have to do it in the studio. And 
it also doesn't necessarily mean that we have to do it via a machine either, you know, so you can, yeah, get a, you can do a mix or you can do whatever you want. You know, there's no rules. Yeah. Get it on, get it on the internet for people to not pay you for, you know, that's what, that, <laughs> yeah. that's what the real end game is. <laughs> totally. How much can we not make on this record? Yeah. How much, how little can I put in for how little I'm going to get back, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, so, so, so far, you know, the, the album's been out for now for, for a few months and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I unfortunately didn't get a little chance to like dig into like the, the coverage or the reception, but I mean, have it, has it been getting like good reviews? I mean, I mean, yeah, for what, for the people that have paid it, it's kind of like all the solution stuff for the people that pay attention to it. They enjoy it. <laughs> they seem, they seem to really like it. Uh, we I, I don't think I've ever, this does not meant to sound this way. I don't think just anyone, I have never gotten a bad review and I'm fine with that at this point. No one has ever torn me down, but also very few people want to talk about me. <laughs> so again, we have a very loyal, I'm very thankful. I love the people that like our music. I just, uh, I've said it in a bunch of interviews following Limited Joy is that like, we've tried to kind of be like, hello to like music scenes be like hi there like we share some stuff you guys want to hang out and they're just like no get out of here like you're not quite enough of this set genre and then i'm just like well that's kind of the problem and they're like bye-bye and then then you kind of just go like well i guess we're i, I don't know I, I don't know what i'm allowed to call my band anymore like <laughs> you know I'm, i've been told that we don't fit into this scene or that scene so i'm kind of like rock but what is does rock is just the boring bedrock example now for anything that has a guitar left in it so it's like right yeah i don't know I, that uh so all the all the reviews have been good but i uh i just want to find want to find a little community a little home for our weird rock band thing that we do <laughs> yeah, you know i think that that's like a, a really important thing to to kind of talk about is that there are a lot of bands that do have a hard time finding that community that really will, will elevate them and to really wrap themselves around and say, Hey, like this fucking band rules and yeah. we should all be celebrating them, you know? And oh yeah. You, you get a lot that. Of... Sorry. No, please go, go ahead. Oh no, I want to let you finish and I'll piggyback off you. Yeah. I was going to say, um, I mean, you see that a lot with like the ska scene, you know, particularly like, I mean, like, I've mentioned this several times on the podcast, like bad time records and all of those bands are crushing it. Like, they, Oh yeah. They completely elevate each other. Oh, I know, <laughs> you know, and I want to be part of that world. No, Let totally. And, and <laughs> like, like, like for instance, there's that new band, bad operation that, that just so good. came out and it's fucking great. Like it's yeah, Brian, real, no, totally. Brian it's, yeah, totally. Yeah. Star it's player, one of the guys from pairs and yeah. I fucking love it. And it's totally a ska band. And so it fits in with that ska scene, but they could easily be accepted by like the punk, the punks out oh, there. Yeah. And like, or even like indie, it, it fits very well into that. I don't know, into that almost indie rock thing too, which. Right. And, yeah. and ultimately, I, I mean, and this is just my opinion. It's just good. Like it just sounds good, yeah. you know? So yeah. it's, refreshing. it's a very like, refreshing sound that record. It's really good. It's, I, it's nice to hear a record sound like that. And that isn't a stupid Tim Timebomb record or some shit, you know? No, totally. <laughs> it, it isn't just like a generic ska punk band. Yeah. You know? right. And, you know, with, with Devin K, like, like I get the impression from you guys that you guys kind of, I mean, and please like, you know, I don't, I don't mean to lump you in with like things that you may not agree with, but like, I get like a little bit of like that, 
that kind of Weezer rentals kind of vibe, you know, a little cool. bit of like that, um, <laughs> almost, um, Oh gosh, why is his name escaping me? Um, like Ben Folds kind of meets like, oh, that's cool like, by me, <laughs> like heavy indie rock kind of, kind of a vibe, you know, and it's, but it's, but it ultimately like, comes down to like just good songwriting. Like, Thank like you. your songs are good, <laughs> you know, and they're catchy. Like we've gotten and, the, Oh, sorry. Well, I was just, yeah, I was just going to say, like, I, I think that it could easily be enjoyed by people in the punk community, but it could also be enjoyed by people in like the ska scene and like people in like um, a little bit more of like that fest core scene. So, and I mean, like you guys have done well at fest, like, you know, like. Yeah. Well, I think that's all I know. I mean, like I, I've been playing in punk and pop punk forever kind of a thing. So it's like, I keep showing it to that world and it, it gets like accepted but also we do a lot of things that piss off punks like put auto-tune on a song or use a lot of like synthesizers and i uh, don't do upstrokes ever um but also like warship ska and punk it's just kind of like i don't think i do it to piss people off but i also think i do it because i'm pissed off at all the stuff that you're told that you can't do to be in a genre it's like we got compared once to They Might Be Giants and I really appreciated that because that's that band like is a pop punk band at times or is the, and it's just like they've always been in their own world of like artsier version of that. But like, God, have you ever seen like the bands they're associated with? They're unlistenable. <laughs> like they're almost too artsy to be with They Might Be Giants. So it's kind of like, what does that, what world is that? And that's where I feel like I've placed us and we're finishing up another thing and it's it's even further now like it's almost we're the new stuff we're leaning a lot into that electronic thing just because we're making it all on electronic stuff so why not explore that i don't know i don't we don't like to follow i don't like to follow rules i hate i hate genres i just find i hate putting things into categories it bums me out i feel like people who are just so hardcore into making sure something has a genre like you're the the kind of people that you know don't have, hold house parties because everything has to be in the right place. It's not very fun for me. It's just like, hey, I want to put a little bit of hardcore into this uh, piano rock song for some reason. Why the fuck not? We're, there's only twelve notes. There's only so many tools you're given. Why is just blend them all together? Isn't the most twenty twenty shit? Is that now everything exists for you to find out about so that you should just all cram it together because there's no new genre. May as well just fart them all together at this point. That's where my head is at. I don't want to become an old fogey, I guess is my thing. I don't ever want to be like, the kids are wrong or a hundred gex is bad. Like I just, right. <laughs> I can't be, I, ha I want to be excited about new stuff forever and not get into that thing that seems to happen to a lot of people where it's like the music that was made here and now or this and then is the only thing that we can use as a, pillar to excellence and it's just kind of like i i don't know like the it's really creative watching what people make today with the tools that they're given sure they don't all have guitars they have laptops but that's an instrument now get over it like <laughs> it's it's very weird uh yeah sorry i'm very tangential when i have coffee so stop oh, no, me I, anytime. I think everything you're saying is is really great and you know like so i run a small record label and you know I, i've said this a few times like one of the things that i consider with my label is that i i feel that that it's an extension of my taste right yeah. and so i don't only listen to punk rock and i only don't listen to or i don't only just listen to like post punk or post rock yeah but i listen to all of them you know and so yeah. 
I find bands from all of those genres that I think are great. And like, like I listen to hip hop. I don't necessarily know how to sell hip hop though, you know? So like, it's not that I wouldn't work with hip hop artists. I just don't necessarily know if I know the right avenues to work. Totally. Yeah. And that's, it's, I I get what you mean. Sorry, go on. But, 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 but I, but I, I, one of the, one of my goals with the label uh, to the point that I was trying to make was that um, I would hope that anyone that is listening to say like unconditional arms or decent criminal or um, middle aged queer, I'm sorry. Love Decent Criminal, by the way. That's oh, yeah. No, that out, dude, Bliss is a fantastic mm-hmm. fucking album. Those mm-hmm. guys are great. So, such a great fan. Um, Love those boys. But any, I would hope that anyone who's listening to those bands and thinks that they're good would be at least willing to listen to the other bands on the label in the hopes that they are also, quote unquote, good, you know? Yeah. Be- because of just a matter of taste and like proximity, maybe like a by proxy f- effect, you know, where it's like, oh, I like them. And even though that other band may not be the genre that I like, it's still on me good. And I don't know, I get it. Taste is relative. You know, it, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's objective, but, um, but good songwriting isn't. And you made a point right. about that earlier yep. that it's like kind of comes down to the good songwriting, which decent criminal does. So if you sign decent criminal, then I assume you understand bands of good songwriting. It always comes down. A band can be, the best artists in the world, Joe Satriani and the good drummer from Rush Who's Dead. Uh, like, it could be anybody. <laughs> um, right. That doesn't mean you can write a fucking tune. Like, I know so many amazing musicians who I went, uh, in my brief stint in music college, who were like the greatest guitar players I'd ever seen, but my God, their songs were dog shit. Like, it's just... And that's fine. They went in and played with other people. They didn't write the songs, but I always wanted to write songs. The song is what is what you're what's important. How you deliver the song gives a shit, you know. Right. I, yeah. I, yeah. I think that that's a good way to to kind of summarize it. Is that um, the quality of a song? There is a a um, a degree of just stable, you know, quality to a good song. You know. Yes. And then <laughs> Absolutely. How you deliver it, like you said can be where the var- variation comes in, you know, but it's, it's still got to meet that criteria to kind of fit Absolutely. in with like a good song, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, that, and there's that, there's plenty of representation out there of like what good oh, yeah. songs are, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And then you hear them all the time. Very scope sonically, like mm-hmm. a good song could be a, a person stomping their foot and clapping their hand and singing a melody. And it's just like, well, why is that good? I mean, there's a, a, a swath of reasons why it's good, but it comes down to the song itself. The cult, the thing that you've made at the end of it is what's good. And that's, that's cool. I don't right. know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, working with AF Records, I mean, how's that been? I mean, so I know very little about um, that label, except for just like, you know, I, I know the name and I yeah. know that they're affiliated with the, the folks in Anti-Flag, correct? Yes. Yes. yes yeah. Yes. And so, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I've seen plenty of uh, records that have been put out by them, but I mean, is that, has that been a great experience so far? For oh, you? Very positive? so awesome. Like I said, I had some woes with uh, whatever woes with working with uh, paper and plastic and stuff, some falling out there. So I was pretty discouraged when I was uh, uh, sending out my, basically my college application version of, will you sign my band uh, to anybody who would, uh, 
listen or or who didn't or would respond or whatever. And I reached out to AF. I had, we've uh, direct hits toured with Anti Flag. I've known Stowe for years. Uh, Massey, who works that Josh Massey has been a tour manager for Direct Hit. Basically, we were so I was very comfortable with them. They know they know me. <laughs> they get my they get my like personality. It seems and they listened. They they agreed and I. I texted a million times in my anxiety and, and was just like, it's gotta be real. If it's not real, everyone's going to fucking hate me. And then we were, uh, they were like, we've never not put out a record. Like, don't be scared. Uh, <laughs> and then when they announced the pre-order, I got an angry email from someone saying your last record didn't come out. And I was just like, ah, oh, I'm so sorry. I hate me too. And so then I had to email them again and <laughs> like, yeah, you don't need to tell me I, I hate me. And so then, uh, it came out and they were just, they were nice, caring, empathetic the entire time, understanding that I, I'm a, just a kind of a high anxiety weirdo. Uh, they were prompt. They were honest, transparent. I can't sing the praises of AF records enough. <laughs> they are a great record label. Um, genuine, good people, level-headed, no, no bullshit too of being like, Hey, you know, we've had some good bands, but it might not be your band, but it will try. And that's, that's fucking good in my head. I like that. I think that's a nice mentality to have so that you can remain level-headed. Cause as you know, when you put something out, it's, I don't know, your especially the week that it's coming out. Like I don't, I, your brain and body go through something that's just like, I, I like I put a divot in my floor pacing the house being like, I guess everyone's going to judge me now because I just poured every thought I had into a record about my own mortality. Will anyone care? Oh God, if no one cares, like that's even worse than if it sucks. Like, yeah. So they really managed my anxiety as well as got the product out. So <laughs> it was pretty excellent, especially in COVID times too. And they, they, they've lived up to everything. I love that label. Good. <laughs> I give it one thumbs up and another one, making it two. Hey, that's a solid two thumbs up. Yeah, yeah that's, pretty that's good. about as many thumbs <laughs> as you good. get. So that's, that's <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you have a third thumb? No. Um, uh, uh, no, not that I know. Yeah, not, not that yet. I know. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that's great. I mean, I, I've, I've heard of other people saying, you know, similar types of things about AF. So that's, oh, that's yeah. great that you echo it. And, you know, I mean, I don't want to dig too much of a hole in this, um, but just really briefly, if you don't mind, and I, I mean, we can edit this, I guess, if you need to, but <laughs> um, the whole paper and plastic thing. So you're not the first person that's mentioned issues with them. Oh, I mean, no. one of many, one. Of yeah. Many. So, I mean, and, yeah, forgive me for, for maybe digging this hole, but what happened? Like, uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I, what happened was uh, I was told that something was going to happen <clears throat> and then money was taken from people who were buying something that had my name on it, like literally in the goddamn title, uh, which just puts a weight on in my, I, I don't know. I sell things. That's what I do. I, if you put money to me, then you get something. And this didn't happen. There was a pre-order that never became real. So I got mad and I reached out to some of those artists who never received their stuff and was just milling about my options. And then I sent an email <laughs> explaining some of my options uh, to whoever, you know, the venue who runs it. And uh, I said, I need a receipt of the pre-order, like right now, when the, why is this thing delayed? You're telling me it's delayed. 
and they they when you catch someone in a lie what do you what do they do they either confess or they keep lying this time i was like they just didn't lie <laughs> they said there was no order mm-hmm. and they said we'll place it tomorrow i said absolutely not i want you to refund everybody i want my masters back just leave me alone I, you've wasted nothing but time and money uh, i've gone on tours for this album that don't where i don't have a record to sell and i still have no record to show for it which is like not a boo-hoo but like kind of a you didn't get to close the chapter on something that took a year of my life to make and was like the building blocks for re jumpstarting my band and rekindling my friendship with my drummer. It was just a very important piece of my existence that was just kind of dangled in front of my face by some fucking guy. <laughs> and there was a lot of like others. To, it wasn't just like one thing where I was like, hey, do you have it? And it was like, no, it was months and months mm-hmm. of just lying to me and it's just just it's you know if you're embarrassed you're embarrassed or if you can't do something just tell me and i'll move on it's a business we're fine like but to lie and waste everybody's time is why i'm so still to this day like fuck that like that is so shitty and there's no excuse for it you're an adult we're both adults like just tell me you want to be with your family be with your family don't run a record label dingus like i don't <laughs> I don't know what to do uh, other than try not to flame off all the time on it. But it's taking advantage of artists from an artist. Like how how low do you go on that end? Like how many careers have probably been stunted by good punk bands that could have sold a couple records to recoup their expenses because they didn't come out? And you know why is why does it happen? Why? Why, why are people so scared to talk about it? I'm still scared to talk about it. I don't like to be a, a I don't like to, I don't like to have a loud mouth in uh, when it comes to like pointing fingers and stuff, because I just think sometimes it takes away from what you're trying to actually like put out. Not that other people can't, but I, I don't know. I'm just a guy. I'm, I'm scared. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm scared. I'm going to screw up or something. And so I think that's what everybody is kind of like. And we just, it's just something that's known, but no one really does anything about it. I don't even think paper and plastic is still around though. I think that he folded it. I think he got rid of it. Mm. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, I'm not hundred percent sure. I mean, I, I know a few people uh, personally. If, who, sorry. Who, one more preference. If you're friends with Vinny or whatever, I don't give a shit. Like I, I'm not mad at him. I'm just mad at the experience. It's like, it's over now. I don't hold that. It's more just like, what the hell was that? <laughs> like, yeah. What the hell was all that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I personally don't, don't know him. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, I've, I've just heard stories, you know, and I, I know a few people that have worked with them over the years yeah. and it, yeah, it, it just kind of seemed like, like, Oh, that's really unfortunate. And I mean, I, as somebody who does run a label, it's like, you know, that's something that I have to be weary of where, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not dealing with like these giant numbers, you know, of like units yeah. and like, you know, we're not talking about like tens of thousands of dollars that are being spent on a yeah. band, you know? So, so the, the stuff that I deal with personally with the label is very low key, you know, and I keep it low key purposefully, you know, because oh, yeah. I, there's only Absolutely. so much that I can do to help a band. So Absolutely. I'm very honest about it. I'm very upfront. I just, I tell them, like, guys, like, this is what I can do. If you want to work with me, great. If you don't, it's no offense, like move on, you know? And that's like, the right way to do it. More of like a, like a happy, like, yeah, we'll just work together and it'll be fun, you know? That kind yeah, of thing. I but, need this and you get this and we get this. It, that's kind of what it was like with AF. I was like, here, it's done. It's mastered. I made it, but I don't have any money. So can you put it on vinyl? And then it was like, okay. And so it was like, oh, tight. Like, this is what, yeah, that relationship 
is now more so with record. And also the, when the numbers are more tangible, I feel like the stakes are higher. Like, you know, if you're, if you're cheating somebody out of $2,000 or something and that $2,000 is literally their way of paying back this, this investment they've made, or at least get something out of this investment, then it's even more dickish than dealing with a 10,000 lost units out of a million sold. It's like, you're, you're basically funding a group to continue to be, and you're probably just asking for what you bet, like got plus like a little extra. I mean, that's what it is. Like, that's what it should be. And when someone doesn't deliver, you're really screwing somebody else over. Like, because the couldn't stakes agree are low, but they're high. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And like, whatever, whatever, whatever the reasons behind, you know, the, the circumstances that, that happened, with not only you and, and other artists with paper and plastic, like I, I would hope that there's, you know, like a, I guess like a learning from that, like not only, not only for the bands and for him, but for other people to consider like when getting into bed with other people, because yeah, like this isn't like a new thing. Like this has happened no. all the time, like since the beginning. No. You know? uh, uh, and it's, Sometimes, I mean, the way I put it with Yes, I Can, it was like, sometimes you're just so damn hungry to get like something moving that you will make a decision that is is literally presented in front of you as a bad one. You're just kind of like, but maybe I'm different. Maybe I'm special. And you shouldn't have to think that way because why, why the fuck would you? Everything should have just been a transaction that works. But yeah, it was just like, maybe that won't happen to me, which is the dumbest shit. And it's, also who who am I to like judge somebody who's also in that position of just like, I need to get this project off the ground. I need, I need something. And I don't at that time, like we didn't really have anything. Like I was just a guy in direct hit. That was my leverage point. If you will, the long guitar guy in a band, you know, like I, and then, we had a couple records years back when it was before it was like a super serious project. I didn't really have a leg to stand on. So I thought any form of validity I could get would be the right thing to do. And that, that was the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's, and that's, uh, yeah, that's the lesson is try not to move. Don't make decisions based on what you think they can do to do for you. If you clearly know they won't do for you. <laughs> And that was, that was, yeah, you, you won't be different if it's never been different for anybody before. I haven't reached out to a couple other groups that I had talked to prior before we split uh, to see if they've ever gotten their stuff. But I, I 100% imagine they didn't. (laughs) It's just, it's, it, yeah, it's a, it's a bummer. So lesson, lesson learned out of it. Um, Yeah. Don't, don't trust something that is clearly not good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because, well, and I, I think just trusting your gut like makes a big, you know. Oh yeah, and there was there was a lot of excitement in the sense that it was just there's bands that I love on that label. That there was like a lot of stuff. It felt like you kind of just felt like our first like little foot back into wanting to be loosely into the ska community too, because it was that was always that's always weirdly been this band's angle we we always feel like we would pair very nice on a ska tour like i think people would really enjoy our band especially given we have the whole nearly aside from the upstrokes the shtick the whole thing the fun party the the horns and crap (laughs) uh we 
yeah, that was, that was like that kind of reasoning is that's where we wanted to go. We wanted to try and get on tours with ska bands and, and try and feel other like-minded listeners who we would assume would like our shit. And I think that ska fans are my favorite being one and remember being one. Uh, I was enthusiastic about a lot of what you put in front of me. If it was slightly different from what I didn't want to deal with, like, if it wasn't straightforward pop punk and it had like a horn player or a keyboard player, I was like, fuck yeah. Like I'm so sick of that other bullshit, put a thing in it. And then I like it. And that was like part of my excitement about the ska scene. It was like horns, like what? Like these are different instruments. So yeah, that was, that was the reasoning, but uh, uh, it, it didn't, the record did that. So uh, it didn't, it didn't even matter. Like, <laughs> uh so i guess you, you don't need always something someone to help you get there even if it ends up hurting you that's what that experience ended up kind of being was oh i think this is going to help but it actually hurt all we should have done was put the fucking thing out and then emailed the mailing list uh, and then it would have been fine <laughs> you <Right>. know like <laughs> right. yeah so well, I mean, hey, you know, and you, since then, you know, you, you've moved on, you're working with yeah. AF, and that seems to be really great. And I mean, you know, they, they've got a pretty established, you know, reputation of being like a, a, a good label, you know, who's who haven't burned any bridges or anything like that. So, no. and they're, they're great. They, they've, they've had our like, be, they, they signed our best friend band, like Dollar Signs. So we had already been able to talk to Dollar Signs directly and be like, are they good? And they're like, they're good. And so it was, and they had, a, yeah, they had a really successful run with them and has helped them out in their next step. Uh, it's all the signs pointed to this is a good thing. Plus, if you've ever met the people in Antiflag, I think they're the only people that are exactly what they say they are, uh, which is a wild thought because they are just as good, uh, nice, uh, fucking dedicated to what they do. Uh, so it hurts your head knowing that they're like, those people exist because they're very people live, very few people live up to what they appear to be on, uh, you know, in media and stuff. And Anti-Vlag was truly what they said they are and kind and, and amazing. So all those factors lumped together mean that they're not going to fuck you over because I don't know, they just take it seriously. And that's, what a thought. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, what, what a thought. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I I've never met those guys, um, you know, and and I'm not I, I'm honestly not like a huge Anti-Flag fan, but I've seen them a few times and they're always great. Like they always put on a oh, great yeah. show, and you know, I I like I know people who know them pretty well, and like they say the same thing as you. It's like oh, yeah. yeah, they're they're good dudes, and they oh yeah. Stand up and, I mean, you you don't have to hear a tune of their music and just meet them, and they'll be genuinely nice to you and you'll be taken aback sure. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. whoa shit like you're real <laughs> yeah and, they, and i mean they've, yeah. they've obviously gotten to where they are you know from hard work and you know they've oh, built yeah. a huge fan base and kudos to them oh, yeah. i mean that's that's great and you know that's i mean it's rad that they're able to do this label on the side too because i mean you know like that mike's got fat records and oh, yeah. you know etc so uh, it, it seems to be like something that happens for a lot of these bigger bands they end up doing it as like a like a project and then it turns into its own machine which is great yeah right? it's it's just a, part of their narrative it seems of like giving back and it totally feels that way too it's still a label it still has to do what it has to do but sure it's it's really is offering you know platforms to good bands <laughs> there's like lots of good bands on that label that want to do good things and they help that that's what a label does that's what your label does that's you know 
That's right. what a good label does. Uh, right. So, yeah. But um, so, so during this whole time, you know, that you've had now without shows, um, you, were, you were telling me that you, I guess, have been partaking in like this Twitch streaming. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, talk about that a little bit. Like, what, so what's that all about? Uh, it is weird. Uh, so I <laughs> have a background in collecting and selling video game par- paraphernalia and such. I have like a, I used to own and run a video game store in Boston. There's all this other stuff and co-owned, whatever. Uh, and I, yeah, I basically sold retro shit and flip stuff my whole life. It's just what I like to do. Um, so I have a massive collection of just stuff that I've kept and haven't sold and it's been sitting here and Twitch has started as this video game platform where you would play video games and people would watch and chat and it's it since then it's evolved into something of almost like I like to call it new public access so any any idiot can kind of have a show if you choose to do it that way or you could some people just have a microscope and they have a camera on the microscope and they show you what's under the microscope or some people make bake cookies and in their kitchen and it's like nice so you can do whatever you want so i had this idea to do like a modern crappy wayne's world of 2020 and so it started again it started as me just streaming games that i had sitting around and then i wrote a theme song and then i saw that there's like a whole I don't know if you use OBS when you're recording it or whatever, the program, this. I don't know what you use to record Zoom. I don't know how Zoom works. I'm terrible with it. I'm terrible with what I need to do. But there's this like broadcasting program that you use and it feels like a. I went to, <laughs> I went to school a little bit for television broadcast. So it looks like an old switcher and it acts almost exactly as one. So I immediately understood it and then it just kind of started to become a show. <laughs> Like this week less because of the election, but like we have guests on, we just had Mike Kennedy from the All-American Rejects who I talked about. He was a guest, we got on the front page. We have a cooking thing I do with my partner, Catherine. We, my buddy like is a Lego fanatic. So he comes on and he talks about his Lego. It's just like a nerd show that we do in lieu of shows. And the joke has always been when like a friend comes over or something at like 8.45 when we're rolling the little thing. and. It just it's the last thing that's felt like a fucking show in so long and like um yeah that's been that's been the main goal uh, of that is to try and fill that void also you can make a little bit of extra money it's not gonna put you through rent but you know if you have a decent enough thing people will toss some just like everything else <laughs> they'll toss some change your way so it's been a nice way to get through the days of not being able to entertain <laughs> that because... sounds really cool actually i mean i i've i've gone on twitch a few times i mean just, just to kind of view some things that people yeah. recommended and yeah it's, it seems really cool i mean it's vast at first yeah, it's, it's crazy, vast really. and it has a big learning curve but i yeah. think when you get around it you can really find stuff that any you can enjoy anybody can enjoy there's something for everybody out there there's enough makers to find something you like sorry please go on no totally yeah like um the way that you described it actually makes a lot of sense with like the kind of a, a newer public access channel like yeah i guess i would never i never really thought about it in that that way i, I love yeah. public access and like shitty television and people that make stuff out of their 
own willingness to make something, even if it's not particularly good. I don't know. There's like heart to public access that I don't think you get totally. yeah. other places. And I think that heart or sadness, a lot of sadness, uh, um, really resonates on Twitch as well. And sometimes you can get lost in like a bad stream of someone who's just like, and you're just sitting there going like, oh shit. Or you find the most insane thing of a guy that bought a slot machine and he sits in his basement and he's just pulling the slots and people like, if he wins, then he takes a shot and it's in front of a green screen. And if for some reason the green screen is his face like screaming. So it's like almost offensive to look at, but I can't stop looking. One night, me and uh, I, I, the person who got me into it, Chris, Chris Graw, he does all these ska videos now in California. He did... I don't know, he does all Bite Me Bambi's videos, all We Are Union videos. He reached out to me when I started and provided basically all of the knowledge to help me get it to where it is and got me on that front page opportunity. He's, he's been um, like super amazing. We, we were chatting one night and we got drunk and watched a guy play Minesweeper for like an hour. He was playing Minesweeper and listening to techno music, but he bet real money if he would win and we're just at the edge of your seat. And then he... He deleted it before it was over. And that was like the most, by accident, he just hit like a button and it cleared the minesweeper. And that was like the most exhilarating like hour and a half I've had in months because Netflix, I'm done. See ya, watched it all. Can't watch Community anymore. Watched it 50 times. Uh, Hulu, nothing. I'm not buying, Amazon, what the fuck? Who even looks at that? It's, I've watched everything. There's nothing to consume. So that's why <laughs> Twitch is so wonderful because it, there's, it's like a no, no frills, entertainment portal you want to go look at something here's something to look at <laughs> that's that's what yeah. it is it's really yeah weird. you know i i get i don't know i i guess because i've i've still been working you know and like occupied yeah. with that like i haven't had as much <laughs> like free time to do it and but, oh yeah but it sounds incredible like it sounds oh and it's also very great. fascinating a lot right? of people just keep it on in the if i twitch during the day sometimes i get people who are just at work that at work are working at home who just want background noise it's like a weird thing once you're like plugged into it you almost kind of like yeah fuck it i'll just put it on the background it's like much better than having the news on right now i'd oh, rather sure. watch yeah yeah and then some of them are like super high quality like this one I, I watched, I tuned into just to make fun of, and then I and now I watch it every week. Have you ever heard of this terrible, I don't want to call them terrible, uh, Psycho Stick? Have you ever heard of, they're like a joke band that almost seems that they're like a new metal joke band. That no, most of their songs are about food. And they have a massive following of nerds. And I was like, what is this? I'm not going to watch this every week. Immediately enthralled by their live performance. It was incredible. <laughs> they're just, it's... It's so creative. It's like a bunch of cell phone cameras and then a green screen. And what can you figure out what to do? Also, while playing your dumb new metal, and you not only are you you have your loyal fans, you get an idiot like me who's just like, you know what, I can appreciate the work you've put into this alone, let alone how impressed I am with like how you've kept your followers around. It's like there's so many weird things to think about that you don't get watching The Bachelorette which I watch, but yeah, there's no, like, there's no redeeming heart to the bachelorette. Everything is like dismal and sad, but that's, you know, one of the reasons you watch it, but there is like a heart to a good Twitch channel. It's like this band figured out how to keep playing. What a, what a, what an inspiring thing. I, I feel like that's, it's, it's cool. Even yeah, if it is a I song mean, about a taco. <laughs> well, it's, it's like, I can, I can see it's like, you know, this, this Twitch stuff, that's like real reality TV. 
Like, yes. like it's, yes. it's people just kind of doing unfiltered, ridiculous stuff, like kind of yep. literally anything that they want to do. Oh, and yeah. as long, long as it's not like cannibalism or like murder, you know, <laughs> yeah. or something like that. And the, the, the guidelines don't seem very strict. Like, well, right. Right. And if, yeah. Depending on your size, it doesn't seem like anything's going to happen to you if you, I don't know, do whatever it is you do on your channel. I mean, the, the guideline for drinking is like, don't do anything that'll harm yourself. What? Get, drinking is harming myself, let alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so what is the, what, what, what standard are we working with here? You know, it's, right. uh, it's, it's interesting. And that's the same as like public access. It's like, who the fuck, who's who's filtering this like i've seen so many things on chicago public access that are just like a guy on a phone and that's also a twitch thing there's like an amazing guy named Moneyworms who i, I watch all the time from atlanta and he does collins and they're so interesting it's humans talking to real it's like that chris chris gethard shit that is like so desperately missing from television uh, a human call-in show uh it's risky, but it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's like the weirdest plane of human connection that I don't know. I'm so in, in need of, you know, like I don't right. have the bar to go say hi to Joey, who I see once a month and say hi to and go, how's your kid tight. Bye. Like that's what <laughs> yeah. Twitch almost becomes too. Cause people start talking to you and you know, your friends stop by and are like, what are you playing? Ha ha fart. And then you're like, ha ha fart. Yeah. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I so desperately like miss that thing. Like there are people that I don't think I'm ever going to see again after this, because literally I just, they existed in a way that was very nice in a social world, but in a non-social world, I don't think I'm ever going to see my favorite bartender again. You know, it's like, it's very weird. Uh, you know, the people you never hung out with, but lived your life near are just totally missing. And I feel like Twitch kind of brings, a little of that back. It, it can also be, you know, depressing. <laughs> it can be full well, of trolls. Yeah. And, but also, hey, what, what, what is existence? You know, it's, it's just, if you like it, then it, it works. It's very hard to explain to people too. It's like when I started doing it, had a lot of anxiety because I don't think a lot of people know what it is. And it, it kind of seems like one of those things that <laughs> you start when you're 32, when you're like in a bad place, you know? <laughs> so I didn't want, I didn't want that to be the reflection. So that's also what motivated it to be. I wanted it to be good. I want, I want everything I do to be good because if I want to ask for money, I don't want to ask for money for something shitty. I want to show you that I, I, I've given you at least the most of my insanity. And that's what I give you. That's what I give you with my Twitch. It's a, it's a, it's a humble, honest attempt for me to entertain and for you to be entertained during a time where it's just, it, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't play another acoustic set. I don't think I want to watch, I don't want to hear an acoustic guitar for the next 40 years after this is all over. And it's no disrespect to people who play acoustic music or whatever, but that's what we've been left with. Uh, and it's, it's tough. It's because there's other stuff, but there, you can't do it. It's like, I've just played acoustic sets to no cheering cameras. And it's, I've, I tried to do it on the Twitch more, but I don't know. I, I'm, it feels like that's my Zoom fatigue. It's like, I can't, can't play a show to a camera anymore. I mean, I can, I will, but it's just, it's, it's different and it's exhausting. And it's like, I don't feel like 
you know, people should feel bad about that because <laughs> it's really hard. It's really hard yeah. to have an instant gratification thing that you've dedicated your life to be no longer of that thing. It's very I, weird. I totally know what you mean, man. I, yeah. I'm, I'm totally missing live music. And, <sighs> you know, I mean, we started off the show talking about this and like, it's, um, it, it's, it's something that I think a lot of people have, have a lot of anxiety around where like when we get back to normal, like what yeah. is it going to look like? And like, are we going to have to do it at, like a snail's pace? And, you know, by the time that we get back to doing it the way that we used to do it, like what are the casuals going to look, what are the casualties going to look like? And like, like, what was it like? There, there was some, there was some prediction that said, and I mean, I don't know how, how based in reality it is, but like there was some <laughs> like news article that came out that like something like, 80% of like all bands are going to dissolve or some shit or like, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't think that that's necessarily true, but it seems like a weird thing. Like what, where are you getting your numbers yeah, like, for that? It, yeah. It, it, but, but I, I do have a feeling though, that there are some bands that are like career bands that oh, yeah. are, are going to have to really go back to like basics, you know? Because, oh yeah. It was, I was talking to our keyboard about it. Our key, it was not the keyboard, the keyboardist uh, of, of our band. Sure, Devin, sure. And it, <laughs> I was, I've got, I've lost it. I'm just talking to instruments now, like yeah. petting them. Uh, <laughs> we're, it's just going to happen. Uh, no, we were kind of like, because like people who actually make money off of royalty statements, they're not going anywhere because people are still going to license and listen to their music small dad rock bands, novelty bands. They're not going anywhere because they play at, scruds pub and that's that's their deal it's gonna be bands like us like middle not doing bad but also super reliant on the only real way to make money in as this level of band is to go out and put your music in front of people and get a guarantee or a fucking door deal or a sandwich you know it's like uh it, it's very hard to wrap your head around because that's that seems to be everyone that I know. And I don't think that artists will go away, but it's I think the scope of what people can do is going to get thinner as, you know, like I kind of relied on the money I made touring to keep me going in my, you know, in between jobs because of touring, et cetera, et cetera. I was living a much healthier life when I was out on the road and I was able to start taking my own band out on the road and make money doing that. I had a, I had more options. And then when it closed, it was kind of like, ah, oh, fudge. Like now <laughs> this thing you've built so long to build the infrastructure up to is now completely gone. And what's the, what's the next step for a band that needs that in what needs that $300, $200, $50 to get gas. Like, where else is it coming from? Because, you know, records, they cost money to make. Your merch costs money to make. After a while, it's going to start coming out of your, it, it probably already does. If you lose your job in the pandemic, you can't order as much merch, which means you can't make as much money. Um, it, it's, a, it's a snake eating its own tail. It's, it's, uh, it's very worrisome for bands in this, this bracket, I feel like. Because also, what's stopping those bands from stopping being a band? If you're not, if a person hits that, point where in america we can't get it together and this pandemic goes longer if it's not benefiting you to do it i feel like it's gonna start taking people to a limit like people only have so much they can handle before it's like well i can't just keep driving to practices or doing this because it's just like i gotta now dump myself into an amazon job or something that 
I didn't expect that I had to do all the time. And now that the pandemic's raging, I don't want to put myself at risk and go into a room with people who do that. There's so many variables that are so scary. So maybe not 80%, but maybe more of a, a bracket of band that's going to hurt really bad and maybe need to kind of halt production. I mean, a lot of bands have halted production. It's, it, you don't think about them. That's what makes it scary is that they just have gone to sleep and it's like, are they going to come back from sleep or are they just going to be gone after all this is done? And the bands that are trucking through are making what they can. You know, we've got a lot of stuff to put out, but high output is cool and all, but now there's a lot of high output. So you're competing to even harder to, to stay afloat, at least on a four band or a two band touring bill, you could get, eyes forced into a room with like even if you stink a couple local band watchers you know what i mean like now it's like Bandcamp friday is like 700 releases and no big deal that's great i'm glad people are making stuff but now it's like even more fighting over the tiny bone and like how much money do people have as their jobs go away when we get into the winter in the midwest is a regional problem uh to spend on that band it's just it's a whole layer of anxiety that just unless something happens it's it's gonna just kind of get harder i don't think it's gonna end everyone's gonna fight as long as they can fight because that's what we've already been doing it's not like i was rich before this right you know? <laughs> it's not like i was making a ton of money i was still strapped for cash all the time but at least i had something to present for it in a very tangible way so that was a very long answer to one question but no i mean that's that's fine man it's i I think i think i think you're right i mean i I don't i don't believe for a minute that 80 percent of all musicians and bands are just going to dissolve um i i do think that you're correct in that we're going to see like different experiences for different levels of bands and um my my big concern is that because of the number of venues that have had to close that to your point of everyone fighting over the, the same bone, like bands are going to immediately want to tour and everyone's oh. going to be much more limited in tour, like how many shows they can play. Oh yeah. Um, and that's going to be a huge problem. Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, man, I mean, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll just see what happens and we'll hope for the Yeah. Best. I mean, what else can you do? I mean, what, what else, else can, can you do? do? Yeah. And we'll adapt. Everyone will eventually ad- adapt and everyone is adapting at least the best that they can. And, and yeah. that's, you know, it seems like, you know, if you have the, it, now is also probably a really good time to network with people who have the resources because you probably want to get somewhere that you can you know, considerably put out more digital content. I know it's like a scary thing to say, and I know no one really went into this to be a content creator. And that's just a sentence as a 32 year old man that I just, I didn't think I'd ever utter. I knew that I technically was by writing songs, <laughs> but now that now I got to make videos and I got to, I got to learn a whole new medium, but it, what else is fucking new? It's not like anybody goes into art to have a guarantee or to have a, a sense of, I'm going to make it no matter what, you know, you're still gambling. And I feel like the ones who really love to gamble are going to keep fucking gambling or just don't know how to do anything else. Like, sure. Yeah. So not to be too negative, there is a a silver lining. (laughs) So there is. And like, so for, you know, so I play in tsunami bomb and you know, we weren't touring a lot anyway. Right. Yeah. Uh, And it's mostly because we can't because of our, of our lives outside of the band. And, um, 
So for us, it's like, yeah, it's a bummer that we still can't play shows, but it's not as much of a bummer because we don't rely on it as our source of income, right? Totally. And what, what I feel like I've been trying to do just for my own growth as a musician is just to spend more time just songwriting and to become a better songwriter, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, so f- as much as I would love to be putting stuff out, you know, like either on my own or as Tsunami Bomb or yeah. as another project, I'm less focused on that as I am just becoming a better musician. And that, that's just me personally, you know? Oh, no, I think that's, um, that's awesome. Um, folks like, like Jer, you know, from Scottoon Network. Yeah, a, a, a gleaming example of how it's done. <laughs> well, right. And, and yeah. they, you know, were, were doing this prior to COVID. Yeah. And, you know, Jer just took off and yeah. has seen, you know, I mean, I don't know necessarily if Jer has seen more, uh, you know, of an accumulation of fans or not, I, I would assume so. But um, I mean, talk about being in the right place at the right time with the right skill set, you know? Absolutely. And yeah, I think and maybe so, the right age. I, I, don't, I don't like to do maybe, that, yeah. but the window of my apps was different than the window of their apps. So I'm not as well versed in the one that's out now. And it's not hard, but it's also hard. It's, it's just hard. It There's a lot yeah. to learn. I'm God damn did I just sound old. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey man, I'm I'm I mean you're 32. Yeah. Well, I'm 42, so I got 10 years on you. Hey, so. that's tight. <laughs> yeah. But but well, no, you look good. I, you know, I, I hope that I, I, I do whatever you're doing uh, at 42. <laughs> I, I'm gonna look like a paper bag when that happens. Uh, but, oh, yeah. No, dude. yeah, just if if I can give you any advice, if you do smoke, quit. <laughs> oh, I quit. I I was a smoke. I was a cigarette smoker for 10 years. I've been off that shit for almost eight. So. Great. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think you're in the right spot, <laughs> but yeah, unless it's um, weed, which it, yeah, that's not smoking. Well, right. No, that's not, that's not really smoking. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, um, but anyway, Hey man, um, uh, to, to move on to the yes. last kind of few couple questions that I have for you. Um, so something that I ask everyone is, you know, you're in the Chicago area and yes. you know, you don't have to necessarily keep this cause I know that you, 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 you've toured a lot, so you're probably well-versed in a lot of different scenes, but who are some bands that you think people may not, know about that you think they should totally pay attention to and like check out their music and like buy their stuff like can you name like, well, like three or four uh yes i'm consulting my playlist dopest songs uh i would say the first one off the top of my head is telethon from milwaukee uh okay. i love that band they're on take this to heart records uh they have I, I don't know my favorite record. I, I think it was this year 2020 i can't remember i have no sense of time even before the pandemic, I'm like a Labrador, but it's, it's so good. I, it's called hard pop. I I listen to it literally all the time. It's like, it's got that Ben Folds vibe, but also written by a bunch of dorks who fucking love theme parks. And it, it's the songwriter, Kevin, uh, he has this, he just has this, not, it's not aloof, but it's, it's like this higher, mental ability than I have. I, he's just much smarter than me and a very calm demeanor, which translates very cool into like the storytelling of the band as it's like almost this hyper dad rock, punk, ska. They're another like blender band. That's another reason I like them. And their guitar player, Jack, is probably the best guitar player I've ever uh, seen in my life. So they have all these factors that I like, roaring solos that aren't annoying. Like you can, you, you'll sing every solo but it's not the melody of the song, which is just my favorite kind of solo, like a, a, its own melody. It's almost like you get another hook. And they're so good at doing that. 
Um, so I really, 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 really like that. Uh, I've been listening to that Kill Lincoln record because it's fucking phenomenal. I agree. It's <laughs> and I, I, I want to beat my own ass because I didn't fucking write a record that awesome. Um, I don't, that Kill Lincoln record makes me feel a way that I haven't feel, felt since I listened to Hello Rock View, if that's like a way to put it. There was like the gleaming production of Hello Rock View. There's, it's either big crash or nervous in the alley. There's a part where like an organ soars in and it's like a full sonic blast of bright horn ska punk. And I haven't heard anything like that, not even from them till can't complain. And I mean that in the utmost of like, damn, like I, no one's nailed it since and you guys nailed it. Not to say every song sounds like Less and Jake, just that vibe, it, it, it's perfect. So I really like that. Um, the Jamones, I don't know if you ever heard of them. They have a cool Definitely. song called Jennifer Lawrence of Arabia, which I think is a, a rare, perfect song that exists. Uh, it's a good tune. It's a good tune. Um, and then I really like that. Uh, I like Resting in Pieces by Tiny Stills. It's a single that Tiny Stills put out. That's a perfect pop song that is uh, always stuck in my head. And then there's got to be, there's a, there's a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> you ever heard of that uh, Noah Cyrus song? Yeah, it's one of the, it's Miley Cyrus's cousin. It's called Young and Sad. I haven't. So good. Perfect good. song. What a, what, a, what a nice downer pop song. I love me downer pop music i know that's not like a non-known and then my last one is a person who hasn't written a record since like the 2000s but no one knows about this record and it's perfect uh the guy's name is devin davis uh d-e-v-i-n and he has a the record is called um lonely people of the world unite and it's a giant inspiration for limited joy and uh you should listen to that record so one of those midwest great records that just got lost in the in the big corn states so got it <laughs> yeah um well then yeah and then the last question that i usually ask everyone is like if you could give me five records that you would take with you if you were deserted on an island like what would they be uh cool yeah i can do that uh say anything is uh in uh is a real boy just because I love the guitar playing on that record uh, all the time. It's so weird and bonkers and the songwriting is so intense. And I really like how gross and dark it is, even though it's, it might not be the most holdy uppy thing. I think it's much more higher concept than, than, than that because he was going through so much mentally. He was so young uh, when that record was, he was like 16 when that fucking record was written. And he also had, I think he wasn't even diagnosed with, uh, uh, oh my gosh, what, bipolar or whatever it was. So it's just this energy energy record that I love so much. Um, the Hippos, Heads Are Gonna Roll, I still hold today that that's my favorite uh, ska punk record. Really ahead of its time. <laughs> Man, uh, I, was, dude, I saw the Hippos at my so, college <laughs> oh, like so cool. years ago. And I mean, they were fun. I, I got to admit, like, I, I never really got into them, but like, it's so, it's just, it's, it's hilarious that you bring that up, them up. Yeah. Like, didn't you got the. There's the the foam finger from back in the day. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, like yeah, didn't, didn't uh, their didn't their lead singer like go on to become like a big like producer or something? Ariel Rashad. Yeah, I fucking yeah. Uh, I follow that dude and listen to all the shit he does because he makes insane pop music. He's he uh he got a Grammy for helping write 
I think a, an Adele song or some shit. Uh, which you is, know, yeah, that sounds familiar. Like I heard something about this. Yeah, he works with Haim a lot. Uh, and like, I don't know. I felt like his songs were good ass songs, even with that kind of somewhat, I, I played it to someone who never heard it. And they were like, is this like a Smash Mouth record? And I was like, all right, okay. Like, <laughs> I hear what you mean in the brightness and the synthy and the, but the songs, it's all comes down to those songs. Sure, they're like the best Nickelodeon song you've ever heard, but damn, they're catchy and energetic. Okay, that's <laughs> yeah. that's that one. Uh, Andrew WK, I Get Wet, uh, just because every, it's a perfect record and nothing in the world sounds like it. It's as if the Ramones took Adderall. It's, it's fucking <laughs> awesome. Um, I love- I think that's I a pretty awesome that uh, description. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, really, really good. Um, Man, I don't know. Other records I take with me everywhere. Uh, ooh, uh, hold on. I, I have to remember. We live in an age where records are a lot harder to remember. Uh, oh, sure. Sam Cooke, A Change Is Gonna Come. I really love that one. That's my favorite Sam Cooke. Uh, and then I guess the Pie Tasters Turbo. It's a, a record that I don't think anyone got to listen to because I don't think it's on like any streaming. I don't know if there's like a rights thing about it, but... Hmm. It was there. I really like soul music and R and B, and I know I just gave all my answers in the pop punk realm, but whatever. I'm boring. Uh, oh. That Turbo record that they did uh, is probably the coolest co- combination I've heard of like Motown and third wave and punk all into this incredible blender. That song Rachel on that record is like. I wish I like wrote that song. Like I, I want to cover it or something one day, just because I don't think anyone got to fucking hear it. I, I, it's just so bonker. I can find like three or four of the tracks on like YouTube, uh, just like lost to the world kind of a thing. It's um, yeah, yeah it's very, very good. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love the Pie Tasters. I oh, mean, they, they were one of those band. bands that I think deserve way more credit than they ever got. Yeah, one hundred percent. It was so. I don't know. They were just so, they're so different, so diverse. Every record was good. And it was so weird how many people they hit because my uh, girlfriend, Kat, I was, when we started dating, I remember somehow we were looking at her music on iTunes, not a huge, not the biggest punk fan when we, when we met and all that stuff, never really got exposed to it, but the fucking pie tasters were on there. Uh, It was like, ooh la la, or or, uh, nice day, whatever the bright orange cover one was. Mm. I was like, how the hell did you get that? And she was like, I was on like a college radio and I thought it was fucking good. And it was like, shit, like uh, this is good to everybody. So it's one of those bands that you definitely, and they were baller live. They were so good live, like just crazy. They used to wear the Dickies jumpsuits, which I partially, that ska thing where you wear a uniform, which the solutions kind of do. I don't know. It's like... A lot came from that, that, that band that I've stolen. So yeah, yeah. no, I stole a lot of those horn lines too. Yeah. I, I think they're great. I, I caught them last year uh, at punk rock bowling and they were killer. Um, okay. I, I saw them years ago, uh, a couple of times actually open for the boss tones. And oh, I mean, oh, just God. talk about like a superb, like way to like get you into the headliner like a, oh, a great yeah. band like the pie tasters just kind of warming you up getting you all like hyped up and dancing and everything like that and then the bostones come on and i mean i fucking love the bostones so yeah like the bostones are like laser tight and then the pie tasters were a little more rowdy so it was kind of like you just the pie tasters yeah the perfect combination of this louder more 
raucous. And then you've got you've got those gold record having uh, fucking mainstays that play every show perfect. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can't speak well enough about that band. I, I love yeah. the Boston. What a consistent, what a consistent band. Like I don't know. No band has that many good solid albums one after another and then continue to make good solid records i can't think of many as yeah and like you know they've kind of been one of those bands within the ska world that has just maintained like their like we are the boss tones this is what we sound like like three albums a little bit different like kind of changes a little bit but it mostly at its core it's like we're a rock band who plays ska i mean and all the attitude yeah they they do that thing that i like about a genre list band where it's like this is our punk, like Jackknife to the Swan. This is our punk record. And it's like, well, that fucking, or that fucking rules. And then they have like Devil's Night Out. It's our early hardcore record or whatever. Right. And then Question the Answers. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That fucking. Total like that, open up everyone to it. And then imp- like fucking. That, uh, that record has some of the most bonkers shit uh, mm-hmm. from a, 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 a Toxic Toast. What an epic song. 365 Days is like fucking weird you know it's like yeah. it, it makes you think for a second how it's played and stuff it's so good what a great band yeah, yeah. seriously yeah. Well, hey, Devin, <laughs> dude it's been really nice to have you on the show and i i really appreciate talking with you and congratulations on the new record i'm i'm super excited for it and um you know i'll have to check out your twitch like please send me the link and like i'll call, yes. i'll check it out sometime twitch tv slash devin k twitches sweet yeah yeah Perfect. for anyone who's watching oh because they're, re- <laughs> they're recorded aren't they uh, it goes live and then there's a, a, a replayback that you can watch too, but it's more fun live because right. spent, well, so, depends which episode. That's the thing is that there is some of them that I'm just playing a game and hanging out and that's probably less fun to watch. But the, the, the ones where we like do a whole show is always the most fun. I'm sorry. I'll stop. I'll stop yamming. I've had, no. I've had you here for an hour and a half. <laughs> no, that's, that's great, man. I mean, like, um, stoked to have you on here. Thanks so much. And we'll, we'll end the show with a video from uh, one of the songs from uh, the, the album. Yes. So. Oh, glorious nothing. I'll send that to you in, in, a, in, a, in a, th- a second here. Sweet. Cool. Thanks, Devin. Hello? T-Dog. It's me. It's uh, De- uh, No, it's Michael Michael Michelson. And uh, I got to tell you, you can't come into the office today because the roof is in a mess. So I'm going to take care of it. You take a vacation on your, your island there, T-Buddy. And we'll, uh, we'll catch up later. So don't come on your roof because nothing's going to be happening.